My name is Lloyd Fider and I'm a psychotherapist here in New York City. I'm also the owner of a group private practice called Blue Harbor Psychotherapy. And joining us now from England is Jay. Hey Jay, thanks for joining us here in Therapy Talk. How are you doing? Hi, thanks for having us. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, so my name is Jay. I'm from the northeast of England. Um, I'm currently an ophthalmology uh, auxiliary nurse. So I basically help treat people with eye diseases and eye problems. I mainly work in cataract surgery. So I'm usually in the operating theater with the doctor and a scrub nurse. And we're, you know, carrying out cataract day cases um, to help improve people's visions. I do a number of different things in the hospital, such as macular, glaucoma, uh, retinal detachment and stuff and it sort of just all depends on where I am through that day and stuff and I'm looking to sort of progress in my career and become maybe a paramedic um, so that'll be a massive change from from my floor nurse work to then do a paramedic so I'm doing the, the online training at the moment as much as I can but with everything on hold it's sort of just continuing at the hospital while I while there's nothing else really to do. All right. Well, on behalf of everyone, thank you, health our, our frontline and healthcare workers. Thanks for everything you're doing, uh, especially during this time of COVID. I know you guys have been in the front lines of taking care of, uh, of everyone. So big thanks to you. Uh, thank you. Um, I know we spoke, you know, before uh, getting to know each other, and you, you know, mentioned about you know struggling with mental health uh, growing up. So yeah, tell us, you know, how how did it all start for you? Um, it's sort of just, I think it just started with me as a normal kid trying to be a bit older than I was. You know, I was only probably 12, 13 around the time. And I kept trying to be more mature and more older than I was and not treated as a kid. Like my biggest like hatred is when I feel like a kid. So like even like now at like 21, like an adult to like tell like if I make a mistake at the hospital or something and my manager gives us like a stern word or something I feel like just like a kid who's like getting like a slap on the wrist and it just it, it really does me head in so I think when I was a kid it really played with me so I, I did try and be a little bit older than I was and maybe do things that you know a child really shouldn't do you know relationships at that age I was heavily involved in and like kind of they didn't end well and because you know you were a kid and you don't really understand them and that a lot of things get messed up or go wrong and so it really then affected us um and just the the, the outcome of the negativity from being in old mature relationships at such a young age sort of like had a lasting effect on us and like I kind of feel like I missed out on my childhood like a little bit because I was so just heavily involved in oh no well you know my grandparents and my uncles and all the adults got together with their partners when they were 16. I'm coming up to that age, so maybe I should also now be trying to find someone. So I was always trying to be someone else and go off other people's sort of like timelines and like time phrases of, of what they did at certain points in their life. But then I wasn't being a kid. I didn't allow myself to be young and stupid and free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from, from what you can remember... Well, at what point did you start noticing that, you know what, something's not, something's not right. Something's off. Um, it, it probably around the age of 15 and stuff, like it really, I didn't, I didn't understand sort of mental health issues and, and disorders. It was all very new. 
and I just, mm-hmm. I just didn't feel right and I felt upset. Um, and I just remember like passing out one day because I was self-harming really bad. I had, I had cuts all down both arms, down my legs and thighs, on my stomach. Um, mm-hmm. I had bruises on my head from when I was just like banging my head against the wall and stuff. And, and I think after sort of taking a step back almost and someone noticing and, and making me sort of see it from outside of my own eyes, I sort of realized I was like, yo, this, <laughs> this isn't right. Yeah. But, but, you know, during that time, what led you to self-harm and what did self-harm do for you? Um, it was sort of just a lot of bullying. Like I was a bit of a, I, I wouldn't even say a weed kid. I probably just like a normal kid, like not kids nowadays, you know, a lot of them just, you know, make stupid videos online and play a video games with friends. And that's exactly what I did. I, I played, you know, your Minecraft, your Xbox, your PC games. And I just used to film me and my friends playing them or I'd film us like out in the woods and stuff or mm-hmm. or on sleepovers I'd film us randomly you know doing tricks in the garden on the trampoline and so like I think a lot of people like that was quite new still I think because of course it was 2012 so it was just like as YouTube and all that really started like kicking up so I, th- I did get like quite bullied and that because of course when you put yourself out there online like it's you make yourself vulnerable and oh yeah perfect as a young kid who sort of didn't know anything to do with posting online and especially the sort of how online had no restrictions or guidelines back then, like no one was watching it um, to sort of censor it. Um, I was like a prime target to just sort of get attacked and bullied. So I did used to get bullied by a lot of people in, in my secondary school. Um, and that just that that went from like just no online cyber bullying to then like verbal and then physical uh, abuse when I came to school. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You said physical abuse. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. It led to physical yeah. abuse as well. From from the kid from the other kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then so the the self harm that you described, you were saying like cutting. Was it your finger or your wrist or? Yeah. No. So yeah, it was it was my wrists and in my arms. It it went all like it just went all up. I was I was covered in scars because I to me it just felt like everyone else is is hurting me everyone else is is causing me pain the so i might deserve it i i felt like i deserve to be hurt i deserve to feel pain so i would inflict it on myself hoping mm-hmm. that it would then make me feel better okay sort of oh well everyone else is doing it to me so i should do it to me as well and i just i just felt so low and it just didn't feel like there was anything else to do i don't know how i i, I got into it but it just it it's weird it just i don't know i really don't actually know how like you get into it but it just for some something clicked one day and i was just like i have this just urge to then just just hurt myself to make me feel somewhat better yeah Yeah. and you know what that's and i I hear this a lot from some of my other clients that self-harming is actually a way it doesn't make sense for some but it's like it actually helps someone feel better Mm-hmm. It also makes them feel because sometimes when you know someone is going through a lot of you know stressful things, they feel numb. So by doing something like a cutting, it makes them feel something, uh, which also in turn makes them feel better. So I can definitely I hear I hear what you're saying, and I definitely you know 
understand that. And and first of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry that you went through that. That was uh, that was a hard time of your life. I, I I you know I'm sure. And to 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 then have to having to resort to hurting yourself. Did you at that time was anyone aware of what was happening and tried to help or intervene? Um, at that point, I think at that young age, no one really knew sort of what it, it, it what it, like, what it really was. Um, it's maybe I think one or two people might have knew. I might have mentioned it, but you know, you just sort of if if you hear something you don't like, you just ignore it. So I imagine that's what they did. They just sort of like, oh, it's I'm not taking part in this. I'm not involved, and they didn't yeah. have to worry about it. Uh, there did come a point where I, I told my parents and that and, and family, and there was a lot of tears. Um, but from there, you know, we got some support in that and I went into therapy and counseling and all that. So mm-hmm. it was then good sort of telling, so I mean, as much as it was emotional, it was horrible. Um, especially cause like, I still look back now and feel really guilty on my parents. That I put them through that. Um, but it was nice cause you know, I'd like to think I'm somewhat normal now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how was it for you to finally be able to tell your parents and then to finally receive help? Um, it was it was good to not have to hide it because of course you know I, I just kept wearing sleeve. I never wear long sleeve shirts or anything, but I would always then sort of keep myself covered. Uh, so it was kind of nice to then not have to hide a bit and then sort of be able to be a little bit more open. Mm-hmm. Um, again, again, the therapy initially, like I think I was there for about two years. Um, and that was good like the first time i went was really beneficial in that and it really helped with a lot of love issues and that every now and then you know i'd, I'd kind of sort of relapse and, and go back um to some extent some of the times i went back it didn't work whether that be because of the mindset i was in or the kind of therapy i was getting wasn't the right one um but you know i've, I've sort of persisted on, on working with myself and, and listening and trying to adapt to the different therapy therapists i've had and stuff and um yeah, I think in the long run, it's, it's worked quite well. Yeah. Now, um, did you, aside from therapy, was there anything else that, you know, was given to you as a, as a way to support or help your, you know, help you like uh, medications or any kind of different interventions? Um, I was on some, I was on, I was prescribed some medication for depression, um, for anxiety and insomnia. How old um, have you been? I would have been 15 on the medication. So I've only taken the medication. I've only been prescribed medication for when I was 15 to about 16, coming up 17. Okay. And then since then, I, I really didn't want to be very dependent on medication and stuff. So I came off them. Um, around a similar time, I joined, um, I got my first job working at Rain Arena. It's just a glass collector. Okay. Because I had insomnia and I wasn't really sleeping. I did a lot of late shifts and night shifts, which technically was illegal. <laughs> oh, um, because but, of your because of your age? Yeah, because of because of my age and stuff. But I think there was a weird leeway in like the rules of the place and stuff uh, that I managed to get through. But um, it, I use that as like a sort of therapy because now I'm getting paid to mm-hmm. be away. Like now I've you know I've got this mental disorder where I'm not able to sleep but I'm no longer taking any medication to try and put me to sleep. I'm, I'm working, I'm earning the money, I'm getting skills, I'm meeting new people. So it, it, it was really beneficial for me. And that sort of then became my medicine, that then became sort of my drug. Mm-hmm. 
you're you're, uh, you're focused on something uh you're present in whatever you're doing and you're being productive you know and at the same time you're meeting people and it feels good to be contributing to to something which in this case is, is the job that you were doing how was um you mentioned about your parents um, how was your family uh during you know during this time um they're all very it's it's not we're a very close family anyway um you know we all live i mean we all live together at that point me me two sisters me mom and dad you know five houses up the road is me now and granddad um 10 houses along the road is me aunt and uncle so like as a family unit we're all basically in the same state so it's really nice we're a really close family um but you know i'd, I'd want to think that it's because we're close that we all are very close, but I feel like I maybe get like a bit of extra treatment and messages even today from, from my sisters or from my mom and dad just to make sure I'm okay and checking up on us. I kind of feel like, you know, they were very supportive. My mom really didn't take it too well and she still, you know, worries massively about us. Like if I'm not in the house, she just, she can't sleep because mm, okay. they worry about us. Um my dad is very like security oriented anyway. So he's always checking up on us. He's checking up on my sisters as well. But like I said, I still feel like I get maybe a little bit more because I'm clearly not mentally <laughs> as sound. Mm -hmm. But because of, I think, all of my sort of experiences and then doing stuff like this, where I am very open and very vocal about like how I feel and my emotions and stuff, it's helped sort of my dad and my two sisters sort of open up a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, I think my mom does hold a lot together, but she easily breaks. So it's not long she holds it on before she sort of like tells us how like she feels and that. So I feel like it has emotionally managed to sort of bring us all together and we're all a lot more honest about all of our feelings and and emotions when we're down and stuff. Yeah, well, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, you know, family indeed is, is, these are some of the challenges that some families do face is, just an understanding of, of what mental health is and also then understanding how this affects and how they can support, you know, loved ones, family members who are going through that. So I'm happy to hear that, you know, especially at this point that they do, that you do have that support from them. Uh, was there a point where they're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to, how to help Jay. Was that, did, did that ever happen? Yeah, because I was still quite secretive uh especially the first time i got counseled i was very very secretive um like whatever was said in that session i think it was because i didn't really understand like when the therapist was like everything's confidential here between me and you i, I wouldn't tell my mom and dad what was said mm -hmm. um because maybe i think because I, I thought like confidentiality i couldn't tell them um but i know nah, i just I was very secretive like my dad would always like he, he, he would say like he wants to help he wants to know what was said in the thing he wanted to speak to the therapist and i was like you can't do that because confidentiality but i feel like he really wanted to know and got sort of very upset that I wouldn't tell him what was said in these sessions for, for the two years um but you know the, the following times I went you know when I was uh when I was 18 I went back when I was 20 I went back um them times I've, I've, I've always been open I was just like oh we talked about this and I said this this and this and we came to the realization that this this and this so I've been a lot more open and honest about what has been discussed within the sessions and the talks and stuff but yeah, I feel like I was very secretive and it, it wound him up a little bit. Yeah. Now, how has been, I guess, how has been your life from that, that 
job, the, the time that you had that job until now, how would you describe your journey? It's been, I mean, it's been, it's been good. Um, you know, where I am now is fantastic with what I'm doing and where I'm going and, and sort of the opportunities I've got. It's great, but it has been, um, it's been like doing the hundred meter hurdles. It's like, it's an easy race to do, but you know, there's always like an obstacle that's in my, in my sort of way. And it's to manage to sort of jump over it, get past it and stuff. So, the, you know, there's been challenges and times and, um, I've hit sort of like walls and stuff where I've had to stop or slow down and sort of like take a step back, reevaluate and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's been a constant struggle to sort of work on myself and uh, to understand myself a lot more. Um, and then sort of just come into the sort of realization of what, who am I? And what I want to do in life and that then was like sort of my big journey of, of last year and I'm still sort of going through it um now but I feel like I'm a lot more certain on the person who I am and mm. the sort of the goals and desires that I want in life to be happy so I feel like I'm a lot happier now because now I know them I'll admit that I probably I'm not fully there yet but mm. you know I'm working towards it but now I actually know where I'm going rather than just you know walking in the dark as I have been for the past few years yeah what do you what do you think has been the biggest help or what's the, been the most helpful for you in terms of finding yourself understanding who you are identifying your goals what's been what's been the most helpful for you oh um this there's so many factors um it's just, I think there's not really like a big specific um, one. I think it's just been sort of, it's like when you, you sort of chisel something, like you just take constant like little nicks and crannies and like you just chip away at something and then all of a sudden like a big boulder falls off it and it's like, yes, there it is. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, it was, it, it's upsetting because my granddad died in June of 2020. So oh, you know, almost, almost a year ago and I went back in the, in, therapy for that um i had another episode and i was i had suicidal thoughts but i knew i wasn't going to act on them but i could feel them all coming back and stuff and i think from from that moment and speaking to that therapist and counselor and especially after the first six months of the year like i said that year that year was meant to be sort of me becoming happy and sort of living my life for, for me instead of other people's so i feel like that tragic event then really like gives a, a kick up the butt to to say like yeah I'm, I'm certain that this is who I am now like and this is where I want to go and this is what I want to do so probably that I'm very good at making really negative and bad situations into something positive I always try and think of the best of every situation so I never let it take us back so of course that is it's probably the worst moment of my life yeah um, top of you know all my suicide attempts or mental health issues that was the worst moment for me so I think that was then an important one to make a positive and you know I found it in the sense of you know I loved my granddad I looked up to him I always wanted to be like him mm-hmm. so now I need to continue in that path of making me happy to make him proud and then because of that I, I found who I was yeah now you mentioned about the suicide attempts. Um, are you comfortable uh, saying like what 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 kind of attempt did you make? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm an open book. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm open, no issue at all. Um, no, yes. Yeah, so it was. Um, oh, how old was I? I think most of them would have been fifteen. Um, 
I have tried jumping in. Uh, I tried jumping in front of a car on numerous occasions. Okay. Um, and some possible like sort of running away. And the the last one that I remember having, I was eighteen. Um, and I was there's, a, there's like a really nice beachfront, and this again t- turning a negative into a positive. There's a lovely beach on my beach. There's a lovely Italian cap, and it overhangs this like cliff edge, mm-hmm. and you can sit on the well. You can go to the roof, and like you can just watch the sea out. So I was on the edge. I climbed up the wall. I sat on the edge, and then when you look down, it's just all the rocks and the water and stuff. And so when I was 18, I, I went there, and I was like, "This is it. Like I am." going um and one of my friends i had my locations on my phone one of my friends had, had driven furiously down um her name's ellie atkinson she doesn't mind his name and so she like sort of grabbed his back and and sort of helped us she just sat with us and she talked to us and, and she was really supportive and then like for the she was supportive for the weeks prior before i had that sort of like collapse and then she was very supportive the weeks after um and you know i i owe her my life for now um but i always go back to that spot just to sort of sit and reflect because now that is like my happy spot if i'm ever upset i'll go there Mm -hmm. not to not to ever jump anymore but to sort of sit there and compose myself so again you know turning something negative which was this was the place i was i was attempting to commit suicide is now like my spot where i I meditate yeah, I mean, it's an, isn't that great that you were able to turn a negative experience to something positive that's actually helping you now uh, to go back to that spot and, you know, use that space and time as a positive, you know, as a positive thing. I mean, that, that's, that's great. You know, for some people, you know, that's going to a spot, <clears throat> going to a spot like that is, <clears throat> can be triggering because something happened there. Um, mm-hmm. for you, you yeah that's why i've never wanted to live like like i know there's a lot of a lot of triggers and stuff and i there's there's one which i know sets me up sort of sort of all the time um but i i just i don't want to live with, with regrets or drama or just with i just want an easy life and so like if i know there's like a, someone who who i've got like a bit of beef with or if there's a place that is upsetting i will do whatever i can to make peace with myself and with it or with them or with whatever and so that place again was another area that 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 spot was just a place i needed to make peace with so that i didn't you know every time i drove by it because you know it's you know it's my local beach we go there all the time so i wanted to be able to drive by and be like you know what i'm not gonna like collapse and i'm not gonna struggle when i go i'm gonna be able to go there and be like yep that's a spot and i'm gonna be open if i need to about what that spot means but if if not i can just walk by and that can be just a random spot yeah but i think that 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 shows a lot of strength in you that you were able to make peace um you know with that experience i know jay you have a, a youtube channel yes um and i've seen your videos and i've seen a lot of videos on physical exercise uh just talking to people family um i think some music too if if i'm remembering correctly yeah there's a, there's a little there's a few, uh, few videos <laughs> of music yeah yeah and I, I remember this video that you made about 2020 um how much of your is your youtube channel about 
you know, helping you get through uh, hard times? Um, recently, quite recently, like a lot now, like I just started it as, as sort of a way to upload family videos for my family who live in like Tenerife and, and Spain and, and down the bottom end of my country and stuff. So it was always a nice way to sort of post all of our family parties and stuff so we could stream it on the TV because, you know, you go on the YouTube app and flick it to the smart TV. Yeah. So it was always just easy to do that instead of plugging in all the cameras or burning it to CDs and stuff. So that was what it started off. And then I sort of just used it as a portfolio for my work. But then all my work, because of my experiences, have always been sort of about mental health and promoting mental health. Uh, I have done client work, which again has went on there. So um, last year was meant to be, without COVID, it was just going to be a year-long documentary on me finding myself becoming better mentally and physically. Um, and so that's what the the documentary sort of video that you were referring to was, it was all just a journey. It was me improving, you know, my, my cooking skills, my yeah. eating habits, my diet, my physical exercise and stuff. You know, I, I, I did weekly sort of updates on, on Gymshark, you know, very big company. They do a 66 day challenge at the beginning of every year. So I do weekly videos saying like, this is what the challenge was. This is what physical or strenuous activity I've done to beat that challenge and then I fed us myself um so a lot of it like recently with sort of like the talk we're doing now I run very similar ones in the UK um I did one the other day um and it's it, it's it was sort of it was a way for me to to listen to other people to learn from them to maybe incorporate some of their values and beliefs in life into my own mm-hmm. um, it's a way for me to then get myself out there a bit more you know, the, the talks and the, the podcast ads, it was all about self-betterment. It's all about how people have came from mental or physical troubles and bettered themselves doing whatever they have. So then it gives me sort of like ideas as well. I guess whoever listens, it gives them like the whole for the entertaining listen. But for me, just to, sort of to sit there and, and meet someone and build that sort of rapport and relationship with them to then learn how they've coped is then something maybe I could consider. And so a lot of the YouTube, especially nowadays, is is heavily focused on sort of my journey and, and sort of mental health and self-betterment and that. And I'm happy to hear that you've been able to use YouTube as a way to not just, you know, explore your creative side, but mm-hmm. also to get the word out there, you know, to educate people, to, to you know, promote positivity. Uh, and by the way, for, for those watching this video, I will link, uh, you know, Jay's YouTube channel down in the description section. I highly, highly recommend that you guys check it out. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to subscribe to this channel. And also don't forget to hit the subscribe button on this channel as well. So, uh, Jay, overall, how would you describe Jay now? Um. I would describe me now as um, on a journey. I um, I'm who I want to be at this stage. It's not who I want to be in the indefinite future, in the short term future. You know, I, I still want to have little bits that I want to sort of refine and tweak about myself. But I am a lot better than the person I was, mm-hmm. and. I'm happy and contempt with that. I'm 
I'm aware of, you know, it's not about, you know, people always say it's not about the destination, it's the journey. And that's somewhat true in this sense. It's like, I, I know I'm not at the ideal goal yet, um, but I'm not going to sit and cry about it because I know at the moment I'm very happy with myself and where I am with what I've come through and learned. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's, it's really a journey. And I think all of us are still in a journey. Um, and I'm happy to hear that, you know, this journey has taken you to a lot of different places, not just physically, but emotionally um, and mentally. And yeah. you definitely, you've done a lot of work to be where you are now and that you'll continue to work towards mm -hmm. too. So I'm happy and proud of you for, 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 for everything you went through. Now, Jay, what would you say to everyone that's, you know, that will be watching this video, you know, teens that probably was in the same boat as you were back then getting bullied, thinking about, you know, um, maybe harming themselves or just feeling depressed or for just for anyone who's going through, you know, mental health issues, what would you like to say to them? Um, I'd like to say, I mean, it's, there's no, as harsh as uh, I want to be harsh and I want to say there was no end to it. Okay. Like from this point, you're going to constantly be reminded of this. This is now going to be a solid memory in your banks. You can learn to live with it. You can learn to cope with it. You can overcome many things, but you'll always be reminded. You might forget about a lot of your past, but there will always be something that reminds you. What is important is how you react to it. You can overcome it and not let it consume you, control you, um, there is always people who can help if you reach out and talk. It's always a constant battle with yourself. And, you know, you know, with people, we don't like iOS, MacBooks, Apple, all the updates, they're constantly updating. Like people, we update as well. Every year you learn new things. Every day you have new experiences. You use them to refine yourself daily. The moment you stop learning is then the moment you die. From the point you stop, learning anything is then the moment that you shouldn't you, you're no longer living because you learn something every day and every day you're becoming someone new you're becoming someone better and it's it's the importance of of taking what you've learned from that day and what you've been through to be better not for anyone else other than yourself every mindset you're in every position as hard as it is to get out and to change, it is possible to get out and get changed. Social media, especially with social media, I highly recommend social media cleansers. I've recently mm -hmm. just done it yes. in the last weeks. I went through Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. I've removed everyone who brings me some negativity, everyone who I just know is, is not good for my mental health, anyone who I know puts me down. Surround yourself with people who don't judge you, they might not share the same opinion, but they're not going to put you down for it. There's people, you know, I, I'm training to be a boxer and people will put me down for it. So get rid of them. There's people who, who will tell me like, I don't think you can do it. Or they might not believe that I'm going to win. I'm going to then use that to motivate, motivate myself into winning my fight, into training harder than I have before. They're good people to have around. Other people who are very supportive are great to have around, but you need a good balance of people who who do support you and people who are wary 
or who will sort of pin you down. You don't want to be overconfident. So you need someone to sort of reel you in, keep you realistic, but you don't want someone like my old friend group used to be where they just put you down. Mm. They belittle you on everything you do. You don't need that kind of negativity. So especially with social media, you know, stop following all the celebrities, all the influencers, all the models, mm. you know, get yeah. rid of them, keep your friends, keep who you, you like, keep the pages and the posts and the followers who better you and better yourself if they if it upsets you why why upset you can easily just unfollow them and then you won't be upset every time you see the post you know if kendall jenner is posting a a new slim bikini picture and you're doubting how good you look it's ridiculous like get rid of kendall jenner like you will look amazing no matter what size Mm -hmm. what color what eyes you will be beautiful to someone and you need to learn to be beautiful in yourself so get rid of that negativity and then start your path of self-love i love that i mean i i think these are all wonderful messages and the whole update thing on ios mac i think i'm gonna start using that <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you use that one yeah i'm gonna use that if, I, if that's okay with you i'm gonna start using that yeah you can use clients it. i think it's a great metaphor you know there's always going to be updates in our lives and that's how we get better is by doing an update, right? Um, I think those are just wonderful, wonderful messages. Jay, I'm so, again, I'm happy for you um, to where you are now. I'm proud of you and all the work you've done. And um, yeah, it's really a pleasure to have you at Therapy Talk. So thanks again for being part of this video. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting us down. It's been a blast. I love doing stuff like this. It's it's great. So thanks for giving us the, uh, the opportunity. My pleasure. Maybe I'll have you in a, in a future video uh, someday. And uh, Jay, again, a pleasure. Thanks for uh, being part of this video. And um, thanks again. And I hope you have, you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, my friend. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. You too. Once again, a big thanks to Jay for taking the time and sharing his mental health journey with us. Jay, thanks so much again, and um, I definitely learned a lot from you, and I hope all of you learn a lot from Jay's story. Jay, keep up the good work, all right? You're doing great. And if you or if you know anyone who would like to chat with me and share your uh, mental health journey and be featured in my channel, uh, you, can, you can also send me an email, lloyd at blueharborpsychotherapy.com. And also, please feel free to share this video to all your friends and family, because I'm sure all of us can learn a lot from Jay's story.